Hello, and thanks for joining me on this mini-sode, episode 21 of Shelf Love. Every week, we use romance novels as the text to explore identity, relationships, and the society that we live in. I'm your host, Andrea Martucci, and this week I'm joined by Keeney Allen, a romance reviewer who runs Smexy Books. Keeney joined me on episode 5 to discuss Time Served by Juliana Keys, and since then, our DMs have been lively. We recorded what was meant to be a short episode about niceness, and let's just say it was not short. Along the way, we went off on a tangent about secret baby romances, and this is the result. Stick around until the end of the episode, where I share some listener thoughts on this romance trope. Right, and somebody else's three star because there's a secret baby is maybe, possibly, going to be my five star. Can we talk about about secret baby Uh, for a second? You know, if you're going to hate on it, Andrea, no, we cannot I, talk I about mean, it. No, no I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about Secret Baby. It's fine. Maybe I was, but I was just going to be very assertive about it. and Be assertive about it. Okay. It's okay. I will admit that I have not read a lot of Secret Baby. Like, can you can you define Secret <sighs> Baby for me? Okay. What What's the secret? Is it a secret okay. to the, the woman secret? who's pregnant? <laughs> no, it's not a secret to her. For obvious reasons. Well, so, but you know, there was that whole show. I didn't know I was pregnant. Hold on. Here's okay. my favorite line from that show. I uh-huh. never even watched a full episode. I looked down and there was a baby in my sweatpants. <laughs> Andrea. Okay. All right. So, sorry. Please, please define secret baby. Okay. Secret baby is t- so how it typically works is a lot of times they were young. Right, mm-hmm. they're oh late okay. teens, early twenties. They have sex, probably unprotected, or maybe like the condom broke or something like that, and then they break up. She was taking antibiotics, but she was on the birth control pill. Right, yeah, yeah. Or they have a one night stand, and he's a hockey player, and she doesn't get yeah. his full name, and so she doesn't know how to contact him. Right, mm-hmm. and so then they go their separate ways, and. A couple years later, who knows how many years you can fill in. It, it, it can vary here. And then they reconnect. And now there's this baby. Or a child at this point. Right. I was going to say, it's probably no longer a baby. It's a child, toddler, eight, teenager. Who knows? And so now she has to tell him because – I've only ever read this in male-female heterosexual relationships. Um, I don't know if it exists outside of there. It may. I'm just saying I haven't read it, so I'm generalizing to say that she has to tell him that she got pregnant and she had the baby and they're probably now something is happening in their lives that maybe they need, I don't know, an attorney. <laughs> and and the dad is an attorney. They need to figure it out in some shape, way, shape, or form. And so I think Secret Baby is kind of a take on second chance at romance or, you know, where they have loved each other before. Mm-hmm. And so now they have to figure out if they're going to love each other again. And there's a baby in it or a child, you know, and then you have to think like then it has to be the child can't be like too plot moppity where they serve no purpose yeah. other than to bring them together. There's a lot happening. There's a it's a Penny Reed and L.H. Causeway book that mm. I did read that there's a secret baby. It's not. Hold on. Is the lad in the co-ed? I think that is one that I did not read. 
but maybe I might have to now. Yes. No. Mm, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. It is. It is the. Um. I was reading the description real quick. No, sorry. It's not the lad. It's the cad and the coed. Ah, uh, the cad and the coed. It, the, the C co-ed. looks a little bit like an L yeah. on the cover. Okay. Okay. The okay. cad and the coed. I did read this mm-hmm. one, and okay, okay. So like I. I have a little bit more frame of reference for kind of like the sitch we're talking about. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. It is. It's like the forced proximity of second chances. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. have to deal with this. You are entwined mm-hmm. with this person. Although, mm-hmm. how do you feel about when the person who does know about the pregnancy, usually the mother, Mm-hmm. is like very seriously considering not telling the guy once she finds him again I, um, isn't there like an expectation that like she did try to find him at some point sometimes i mean okay i'd say 75 percent of the time that i've read it and really enjoyed it she tried to tell in some way shape or form I think sometimes she she feels like she can't tell. There's usually like some class issues there mm-hmm. <laughs> where, you know, he's rich and she feels like she can't tell him or she's been forbidden to tell him. Mm-hmm. Uh, those don't work for me so much. But yeah, so I think... Wait, so do you mean like that movie <laughs> with Amanda Bynes and Colin Firth? Didn't see it. What? I know. Okay, so... I am 43 and I have a 23-year-old son, so I got pregnant when I was 19 and I was raising a child and missed a huge chunk of like pop culture stuff and that's one of the movies I didn't get to see. (laughs) Okay, this this movie came out in 2003. It's called What a Girl Wants. Yeah. And it it is basically that situation where the Colin Firth is like a lord of some kind and the mother is a free spirited bohemian. Um, Mm -hmm. And the family convinces her that he'd be better off without her. So she goes away before he found out she was Mm -hmm. pregnant. Right. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, watching that movie, all I could feel is overwhelming sadness that this man was not there at all for 18 years of his child's life. Yeah, but he's going to be there now, Andrea. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but I was so pissed. I know. I was so pissed. I was like, like, like even though it was justified. I was, mm-hmm. or, or like, I guess I, I could, it was sympathetic. Like, I could understand mm-hmm. it, but I was like, yeah, you, you, you can't, no backsies. Like, you can't go right. back in time. Like, that's. <laughs> yeah, I understand why Secret Baby. <laughs> it's a little upsetting to me. It's very upsetting to a lot of people because of that. Because they think, like, because of that whole missed window and how could you not tell somebody. You know, we're also talking about. Let's pretend that all the circumstances are, you know, good, whatever that means. (laughs) All the circumstances Um, (laughs) are good? Sounds terrible. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? I mean, like, I think sometimes in real life, there are probably very serious reasons why you wouldn't tell somebody. Yeah. But, you know, this is pretend. And (laughs) so (laughs) we like to think that these are, you know, like Serena Bowen has one where he's a hockey player and she's a bartender and they have a one night stand. And she finds out three months later that she's pregnant and she doesn't know how to get in touch with this man. I mean, because he's a very famous hockey player. Mm -hmm. And what is she going to do? Just like call him? (laughs) You know, so like, how does that work? But then like the baby is like two and he just shows up in her bar again. I mean, 
Is the baby in the bar? Like, is the baby, like, playing with shot glasses, like, on the bar? That would have probably made this book so much better. <laughs> but no. But still. <laughs> so I read the book. I probably gave it a B. <laughs> so this is, okay. So have you read Nobody's Baby But Mine by Susan Elizabeth Phillips? Um, I think so. Is that? He's a almost, at, at the end of his career, football player and... Uh She's like a certifiable genius who basically uh, tricks him into knocking her up. Right. Okay. So I'm not sure if I've read that one. I've read like two Susan Elizabeth Phillips books and I know those were like... They were hot shit. Late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, they were like hot shit. And I was like, I don't think this is for me. So this was 1997. Okay. And I probably read it. I have the paperback from sort of around the time Mm -hmm. it came out. And this book is... Uh, you know, the more I think about it, there's probably some mildly problematic things in this book. But can I just say, I think what I like about it, it's a secret pregnancy for like, Mm. for like two months or something. Mm -hmm. He Mm -hmm. actually then ends up, they are in each other's lives, like throughout the pregnancy and work it out before the baby is born. And I think I can get behind that a little bit Mm -hmm. more. Where I'm like, sure. where like there is, there's still the same sort of, oh my God, mm-hmm. like, I guess we're in this together now, but then without the loss of years of a child's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. I'd probably read that trope too. Okay. Secret <laughs> pregnancy, people. Secret pregnancy. Make it, yeah. make it happen. Yeah. I, they yeah. need to be together long enough for the dude to help with pregnancy discomfort mm-hmm. or yeah. Yeah. I get it. You know, I'm a complicated person, Andrea. <laughs> that's all I got. Okay. All right. All right. I'm, I'm really glad we took this detour. Mm-hmm. I think that's... We could save this for any time. <laughs> this is going to be a mini-sode about mm-hmm. Secret Baby. Okay. Do you have any favorite Secret Baby romances? Like many people, I've read a thousand books. And then when you ask me about one specific one, I'm like, I've never read any books with that. <laughs> I like how I was like, I've never read a Secret Baby trope. And then I pull mm-hmm. out like three. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Secret Baby romance. Let's see what the internet tells me. And I'll tell you if I've read it. Let's see. Goodreads has a list. Only one? Oh, no. That's just the first one. None of these look... Oh, this is reminding me that I read... Oh, okay. Look, I read this 100 years ago, it feels like. Mm -hmm. But Forever My Girl by Heidi McLaughlin, who I think she's... I don't know her. I think she has proven herself to be potentially a little problematic. I really liked that one because he's like a rock star... And she's just a regular person. That's another one of my favorite tropes that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. I remember really, really liking that one. I never watched the movie, though. There's a movie? um, Yeah, it got a movie. It was like a big deal. I don't recognize any of these books. I've probably read what feels like 100 Secret Baby books. And of course, none of these. I'm like, I don't know any of these books. (laughs) Oh, Lauren Dane had one. I do vaguely remember this one. Also... Lauren Dane had one where, have you ever read Lauren Dane? I'm looking her up on Goodreads now. I'm like so new to Goodreads. I might have. I went through a period where I was reading a lot of books and I can't remember any of them. So there was no head trauma involved, but I just. Happened to me too. Like there's so many times where I'm like, oh, I should buy that book. And I'm like, and Mm -hmm. and Amazon's like, you already bought this book. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) really? 
<laughs> Lauren Dane had this series. It's called the Brown Family Series. I read it like early 2010s, you know. And the one, one of the first books, the it's like a, a male male female pairing, which was like the first time I had ever read a menage or polyamory book or whatever, and I really liked it. But it's like a, a family saga, if you will, or I I don't know like the technical term of it. But each family member has their own book. So the fourth one per um, Amazon, or Goodreads is telling me never enough, which I vaguely remember. The hero is like super stuffy because they all are, right? And he finds out that this lady who runs a bakery has a son because they had a one night stand and she didn't know how to get in touch with him. And so now she has to become part of the family and they all like fall in love with her. And if any of your listeners, what are, what are we calling ourselves? Shelf, shelf lovelies? We're shelf lovelies, yes. Right. If any of the shelf lovelies think I'm wrong about this, please don't correct me because this is how I want to remember it in my brain. No, I'm just kidding. I, I might have been, <laughs> I might be thinking of another book, but I'm pretty sure it's this one. And I really liked it. I really recommend the Brown Family Series, especially to somebody who's like just starting out in romance. It was a really... Um, it was a good introductory for me. It kind of got like different pairings and whatever. And then another one that I really liked that I'm thinking Goodreads. I was thinking about this one, but I couldn't remember the title. So Serena Bell, she writes these really like deeply emotional stories. And many years ago, she used to run a website. It was Serena Bell, Kara McKenna, mm. Amber Lynn, yeah. a bunch of people. What was it, it was called Wonka Man. Wonka Man. Yes. Yeah. I loved it first of all i i think i can't remember we talked about this before but kara mckenna she has this book called willing victim yeah we did yeah yes i believe it i feel like it changed the way that i was reading romance but anyway so from mckenna i found all these other authors and oh ruthie knox i think was part of that crew but anyway so but bell's book called hold on tight he is a veteran from I, I can't remember. But anyway, he like loses a limb and he goes to rehabilitation and the nurse there, she has her son with him and he's like, that boy looks like me. <laughs> She's like, oh, really? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Right. And she like didn't know how to get in touch with him. And maybe maybe their relationship hadn't been great because they were young and then he went into the military. And so not only does he have to figure out how to live his life as an amputee and as a veteran and deal with like PTSD, but then he has to deal with this kid that he didn't know. And it, it worked for me. It did. Wait, what was that one called? It's called Hold On Hold Tight. Hold On Tight. Okay. A Wounded Soldier, mm-hmm. A Secret Baby, A Second Chance. I love I love the way <laughs> that you read these. <laughs> I, I love the way I read them too. Yeah. <laughs> you just you just give them so much oomph. I love it. <laughs> um, I should do an episode where I just read book descriptions. Mm-hmm, you should. And then react in yeah. the moment. Mm-hmm. I was just looking up Ezra on Twitter was the first person to coin the shelf lovely hashtag. Mm, okay. So let's make that happen, people. Yeah. Sh- shelf lovelies, get on it. Yeah, I love it. I like the way this is growing. It's it's iter- mm-hmm. we're iterating, we're we're yeah. building. Mm-hmm. 
was curious how Shelf Lovelies felt about the secret baby trope, so I did some highly scientific research on Instagram after Keeney and I recorded. I asked the question, how do you feel about the secret baby trope? Out of 26 responses, about a quarter said they loved it, just under half said they didn't seek it out but would read it, and 35% said that they wanted to kill it with fire. So let's start with those that enjoy the trope, or at least have enjoyed some books with the trope. Some listener recommended books are Simply Irresistible by Rachel Gibson, which was recommended by A. Huska. Hannah Hart's romance begrudgingly admitted to liking Scoring the Player's Baby by Naima Simone despite not liking this trope. Phoenix in the City and B and her book seconded Keeney's recommendation for Bountiful by Serena Bowen, and Phoenix also seconded The Cad and the Co-Ed. And Marissa Elaine Getas loved Fumbled by Alexa Martin. You can find this full list in the show notes. And then there were those who really, really, really dislike this trope. Some people, like Dream Lissy, just don't like babies and think they look like, quote, aliens come to kill. However, the biggest complaint was around contraception and options once the character finds out they're pregnant. For example, Amanda Ball points out that there's no excuse in a contemporary for a lack of discussion about birth control, and Tina to the Weena adamantly and correctly points out that while birth control is not infallible, it works. Literary Illusions points out that this trope perpetuates lack of knowledge and responsibility with varied forms of birth control, and B and her books is wondering if this is the place to scream about Planned Parenthood. Hannah Hart's Romance also points out that, quote, not all women who get pregnant have babies. Normalize abortion as a choice. This is a very good point. While inconvenient pregnancies happen in romance, I've seen lots of plot-convenient miscarriages, but very few times do we actually see a main character choose an abortion. In fact, I don't know if I've ever read one, although I'm sure they exist. The Guttmacher Institute, which works to advance sexual and reproductive health and rights in the United States, published a study in 2017 that found that nearly one in four American women will have an abortion by age 45. So this is obviously not a niche population that has chosen an abortion rather than continue with a pregnancy. When we talk about how representation matters in romance novels, I think it's incredibly relevant to extend that representation to issues like reproductive choices. This is an issue of extreme importance to women's rights in the United States and around the world, and there's obviously still a lot of negative stigma attached to it, even among people who are theoretically pro-choice. Now, it's also a valid choice for individuals to continue with an unexpected pregnancy, but when you only see the people in that situation making that choice, it reinforces the idea that it's the right choice. Particularly when, in a secret baby romance novel, years later that child brings you back together with the father of the child and becomes your future partner. Hannah also said that secret baby romance makes the baby the crux of the conflict. Like, without the baby, there'd be no romance. I think this is fair, but also, to be fair, a lot of romance novels tropes are like that, right? Like, without the office rivalry and an enemies to lovers, there'd be no romance, for example. Which is just to say that I think it's okay to enjoy Secret Baby for what it is, if you do like the trope, but also it'd be great to see other choices represented in romance novels. I feel like there are actually a lot of similar beats that you can hit with an unexpected past pregnancy storyline, so I don't think the romantic conflict has to suffer either. But I'm sure authors have written these stories before only to be told by critique partners, agents, or publishers that readers would not welcome these stories, that the heroine would be seen as horrors unlikable, among other other things. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this trope. Let me and Keeney know on social media, and please, let's get the Shelf Lovelies hashtag going on Twitter and Instagram. You can find links to both of our accounts in the show notes. 
Thanks for listening to episode 21 of Shelf Love, a romance novel book club. Thank you to Keeney for another lovely conversation. I will be releasing another part of our conversation about niceness and reviewing romance in the future. Coming up, so much good stuff. Tiff Marcello and I discuss Thirsty by Mia Hopkins. Kennedy Ryan and I talk about weight loss as portrayed in romance novels with a special cameo by Esme Brett. And I learn about what the kids these days are doing on Wattpad with Tamara Lush. Thank you for listening to Shelf Love. If you're new to the podcast, I hope you check out the other amazing episodes. You might enjoy episode five with Keeney Allen. We read a gritty contemporary, Time Served by Juliana Keyes. It's a second chance romance with a lawyer who fought her way out of poverty and the ex-con she left behind. I'd also appreciate it if you rated and reviewed the podcast on Apple Podcasts. I think it helps algorithms that help like-minded souls find the podcast, but it's all a big mystery how any of this works. Shelf Love is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.